G'day, mate. What's your name? My name is Sean Woodland. And what do you do, Sean? I'm a stand-up comedian professionally and a father and a husband and <laughs> what else? A dog owner, <laughs> a couple of pet birds. That's about it. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to another episode of Crowdworkcast. My name's Andrew Barnett. Thank you very much for joining me. Now, my guest today is the awesome Sean Woodland, uh, who is, I cannot rate highly enough as a comedian. He's one of the funniest uh, blokes getting around the scene, um, and I think not enough people know about him. Uh, so uh, luckily, if you do enjoy this episode, or even if you don't, I recommend going along seeing his Sydney Comedy Festival show. If you're in Sydney, uh, he will be on May 12th at the Factory Theatre in Sydney. Uh, he's on the factory floor. The show is called Woody Live on the Floor. So go and see that. Get tickets from Sydney Comedy Festival. They're on sale now. Um, and give him a follow. He is at Woody Comedian on Instagram. And he's promised me he's going to start promoting himself more on that. So there should be heaps of good content coming up on that. Um, uh, so check out uh, Woody. Uh, if you'd like to come see me live, I'll also be performing during the Sydney Comedy Festival. Uh, I will be May 20 and 21 at the Enmore Theatre at the Enmore Comedy Club. The little uh, room there. Those tickets are on sale. I'd love if you could come along to that. Or if you're north of the Tweed, Brisbane, I will be up there on May the 6th, uh, which is a Saturday. Saturday, May the 6th, I'll be at the Underground Theatre. Um, I have no idea how those tickets are going. So please, if you are north of the border or you know someone up up around Brisbane, please tell them to come along, get them tickets or get them to come along. Brisbane Comedy Festival, those tickets are on sale now. Uh, that show is called How Good. Um, other than that, if you were enjoying the podcast, please do like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, uh, leave a comment, um, reach out. Uh, you can contact me on Instagram, Andrew Barnett Comedy, or on Facebook, same place, uh, or have a look on TikTok. I'm on there as well. So uh, reach out, let me know who you'd like to see on the podcast and what you'd like me to ask them. Other than that, um, please enjoy this episode. This is me and comedian Sean Woodland. So dog owner is below, well, father was first after comedian. Yep. And then then husband, dog owner, I thought that might have been, because you're, you're a passionate dog oh, owner. Well, yeah, the new one, not as much as the old one. The old one I had when I was by myself, so he was, me and him were fairly close, as Literally you would imagine. man's best friend style. Man's best, well, he's the one I've got tattoos of on my arm, and... Um, the uh, you can see, look, you got a camera there, Barney. There's that, that was Dudley, a white English staffy. The new dog, it won't be getting a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> what is the new dog? It's another staffy, a black one, but it's uh, what they like to call a rescue, and uh. Uh, it's a rescue for a reason, mate. People got rid of it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a rescue staffy is, I feel like that's your high risk rescue too. That'd be like getting a one of those children that have fought in a war in Africa or something. Yeah. 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 Former child soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep with one eye open around them. <laughs> so um well let's start with the comedy. How yep. long have you been doing that? 
Mate, I just thought about it the other day. It would have been 13 years on the 1st of March. Where, what are we now? A week ago. 23. Yeah. So 2010. 2010 I started. So you're around the same time as me. How old were you when you started? I was 40 and two weeks. Two weeks over the age of 40 when I started. 40. Yeah. That's um. That's interesting because now, especially now, you see all these guys that start at 18 or Yeah. You want to be pretty clever to do that, I reckon, without having too much life experience. Yeah, or you're just willing to have not much to say for the first time. Yeah, years, I mean, I there's there's comic... I mean, people like, say, Aaron Chen started when he was 16. Yeah. But he was always funny. Like, I, yes. remember, I remember seeing him when he first started, and I was like, he's a funny kid. I remember... I remember, and I think I've told it on the pod before, first time I met him, I was with Wolfie, and it was comedy on the rocks. Like Oh, the Roxbury, yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he came over and just introduced himself and then went and sat with his dad. And I remember Wolfie saying to me, mate, if he's even half funny, we are fucked. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a competition, obviously. And then, yeah, he was. I won he, five grand out of that competition. Yeah, I know. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that yeah. well. That was good. That was my first big payday in comedy. Yeah. yeah, nice. It was, yeah. So, so you, what, what, what was the impetus to start at Ford? I, well, on reflection, I mean, my dog was named Dudley after Dudley Moore. I'd read every book I ever could on comedians. I used to do all the speeches at footy clubs and family functions. I'd started writing jokes, but I think I just didn't know that you could do it, or I didn't believe, didn't have the confidence, didn't. Yeah. One of my really good mates, he always said it. And even like right up, I've got friends that still to this day say, remember when we used to, used to say how much you wanted to be a comedian? I'm like, I can't even remember saying it. I do remember having a, a, a night, one night when I was travelling around Australia and I was in a tent and I was thinking to myself, I could go into that pub and make those people laugh. And it was a really profound experience. But I was well, probably 30 then. Um, so, yeah, it took, and then I just got an email from a friend who was, and at the bottom of it was a link to Raw. Oh, and wow. I was, and I got my life into a reason, like um, mentally better and like I'd sort of sorted that side of things out. So it just seemed to be the right time, I guess. And so I just did it. Yeah. Bloody hell. So what, So 30, what, what did we do before 40, before comedy? Uh, I did a trade when I first left school. Really? You're trading? Yeah, not a hands dirty one, though. What'd um, you do? <laughs> <laughs> my actual trade, it's called something different now, but it was called hand and machine compositor. Hand and machine compositor. So, you know, back in the day when they used to do before digital technologies, when they'd pr print a newspaper, each of those letters that you saw in a newspaper was yep, slotted in, handset. So that was what my trade was. Uh, but it was merging into... Uh, computer stuff, so I, I was pretty switched on with computers. So you're right on the cusp of when, yeah, basically, were yeah. Starting. So I did that trade and then worked pretty much for the government as a teacher and in the TAFE system. And really? Then, yeah, and then just um, got too sad being a fraud and had to leave Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> I was when after I finished playing footy, my best mate left, and two weeks after he left Canberra, I was like, holy shit. What am I doing here? Everyone else has got ten-year-old kids, and yeah, so I got out and then did. I was a postman for a while and a cook, and then did a teaching degree. They gave me a degree in just in a year because of all the prerequisite learning I had, and then I never even used that. So 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, but did, done quite a few jo- different jobs, I suppose, over the over that. But I, I did the opposite to what people do. I, I sort of had my career first, then had the midlife crisis, and then did something fun, which is yeah, yeah, which is yeah. When you, I, I often look because I thought I was starting late. I was, must have been. 20. You would have been late. 20s yeah 28 i reckon and then and i thought i was yeah late to the game Mm. but now i look back and go oh no i was still you look at me and you go no i was all right (laughs) (laughs) but also i like i look at me now and just go okay yeah i wasn't like i look now at the 28 year olds that are doing comedy and i'd never think that any of them are starting late when no no 28 no i think it's probably a good time yeah well i just wouldn't have been any good before that like i wouldn't have had any Anything to say? Well, I'll a lot of them don't. They've yeah. just watched the famous ones and try and replicate them in their first gig, and it's like, no, no, that takes time. Yeah, <laughs> to, it takes time and to be able to talk about those vile things that you're trying to trying <laughs> to do. Yeah, yeah, there is something about an open mic night where you really one, you see everyone's influences, but two, you do see people trying to do something that took thirty years to craft. Yeah, absolutely. Like they want to talk about something revoltingly sexual or whatever and it's like that's that takes time to learn how to do that unless yeah. you and there's not many out and out genius types is there really no it's like anything yeah there's no in any given field there's people who are good people who are you know not so good just getting by and there's then, plenty of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and then there's the odd yeah the occasional genius yeah absolutely you get yeah like one a generation like in sport isn't it you get the odd one that's like whoa that's a standout, but the rest, the rest of us toil and. But it's like you know, anything you want to be good at, you got to work at, haven't you? Yeah, you got to put the time in. Yeah. So yeah, bloody hell. So it's it's been a while now. That's that's thirteen years. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably as long as I had my longer now than I had my initial sort of career, which was from the trade and then into the mm. teaching side of things. So yeah, happy um, with this one though. Oh god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I remember working. In Canberra, you know, for the TAFE system and just every day thinking, people go, wow, that's really interesting. You learn how to build websites and teach people how to use Photoshop and blah, blah, blah. And I used to just think, no, it's not. And then and then I'd just, every day you, you would expect someone to go, you're a fraud, aren't you? And I'd have to go, oh, thank God. Someone's finally exposed <laughs> me. I'm, I'm fucking out of here. I'm right. But I ended up having to do it myself. Yeah. It was, the, why why did you think you were a fraud in I that field? Is that well, just, just because it wasn't, I didn't care. I just did, you know, like if you grow up somewhere really nice and secure like Canberra, you just go through the motions, you end up with a job, you end up like everything's easy. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, I reckon like even if you if you go back to your hometown, look, I've known people who live in Bondi and whatever that are in ruts. It doesn't matter where specifically. But if you don't go away, you never find out who you're actually meant to be because you, you just play your role amongst your friend group and I played footy till I was 30 as well so you just woody at footy yeah and that's so you just behave the same way all the time so you don't actually get to fully become who you are I think unless you go away or unless you're one of those people that from early on has known and has that confidence that that always interests me you see these people that just from a young age, seem to be very confident in who they are, know oh, who they are. Walking comfortably in your own shoes. If you can instill that in your kids or that, you, 
you laugh a lot. It's a great age to get where you don't give a fuck and you you know yourself well enough. And like I'm glad now, but it I mean that's probably why I do comedy, I suppose. <laughs> All that sadness <laughs> yeah. earlier on. But yeah, it, it's it's you teach your kids, you know, resilience and being all right with who they are. That's they're halfway there. I'm not so worried about their education and that sort of stuff like that. Take care of itself. But well, that's what I always say to my kids. Like I don't care about the results as much as I care about. Are you, are you putting in? Are you just having a go? You're doing your best, and yeah. if there's something where you're not getting it, and it's because you know. If something's falling down, we'll, thick. we'll have a look at it. But yeah, but if it's just not for you, then That's you know, fine. give it a crack. And yeah. there, there's because because you're right. Like it's not, especially the world my kids are growing up in. Like they're not, like you know, you mightn't. Like doesn't matter if you. No, everyone's going to get be, a decent job. Everyone's they're going to be, be all right. right. Everyone's yeah. going to be. People aren't well. Not usually. Most people aren't starving. You know. Well, in yeah. Australia. You, like you're going you're to find a way to survive. Yeah, once you get through, uh, like if you've got yourself through with the decent level of education and yeah. that sort of stuff. No, not everyone gets to do that, obviously. No. But talking about your average middle class kid, yeah, they they will unless something goes completely sideways. You know, they yeah. fall into the wrong things. But you know that, and that's why with my kids, like you know, you get they see these parents really stressing over. Oh, mate! Results I mean, and you stuff. know, I live in Sydney's east or the southeast, but still, it's still. The, no, the amount of stuff some kids do, like on a weekly basis, the number of activities they do. We've had friends having their kids doing um, extra tuition from when they were five. And it's like, what? Well, you know you know that job you went for, though, that they did ask what your results in kindergarten were like. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what gets me. Like, no one – like, all the stuff that seems important at the time – this is the thing I'm learning longer, like later in life, that all this stuff that seems important in the moment, you look back at five years later yeah. or whatever, and it's yeah. just not that no, important. It's like, not. no one. Even the year 12 thing with kids. I mean, some kids kill themselves, mate. It's, like, it's not that fucking important. No. And it's the, the thing is, like, you know, yeah, you want to do well, get into uni. Yeah. But what, what is it, like, three years you can go in as a mature age student and the oh, results exactly. don't matter? Yeah. Like, and you spend those three years doing something fun. Like you feel, it feels like a long time because at the time you're 18. Yeah. And 18 to 21 is a big percentage of your life at that stage. But yeah. it's really not. Like, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, well, what do you, it's what do you really feel like you did between 18 and 21 I anyway? Exactly you know what, what I, mean? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Look, I went, I went to a um, school assembly from a young bloke yesterday. Well, that's an hour of my life. I'll never get back. Yeah. But I, what astounded me going to there was how they, fifth and sixth grade kids, and how the teachers still speak to them like they're fucking morons. <laughs> that patronite, condescending sort of, <laughs> oh, I could not believe it. And I'm like, and there was, you know, out of a class of 25 got an award. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's how life. What's that? Yeah, it's getting percentage-wise, it's getting up Oof. there. It's, uh, yeah, that's, it's too much. Yeah, what do you what do you think? What do you make of that? Like, because you talked about you teach your kids resilience, and that's that's I think one of the harder things. Like, because as a parent, you want to protect your instincts, protect yeah, of your kids from is, everything. But you got to let them cop a few whacks, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I try and bully my kids as much as I can, just to <laughs> prepare them. <laughs> yeah. It's um, no, I mean, it's it's really interesting. We were with some friends recently, and you know, my daughter's razor thin, 
Mm. And this says her friend. But three different people had called this girl fat. And it affected her. Whereas if you call my daughter fat, she'd just go, no, I'm not. Yeah. But that's what I mean with an individual. And like talking about bullying, you know, what what it used to be was just a good way to keep simpletons in their place or, <laughs> or you know, whatever. But, but some people react differently. It's like, you know, on a building site, some blokes you can take the piss out of and whatever and it's fine. But other people, it's scarring them. And you don't – you're not necessarily even aware that that's happening. Yeah. And – but, like, you know, and that's why with my daughter – she, if someone said that to her, she just wouldn't give a shit. And that's that's why I like by calling them names a lot, they get used to it, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my kids are, are pr- proud of proud nerds. Yeah. Like, especially my oldest boy. You're allowed like, to be now. You're yeah. allowed to be a nerd. It's fine. Well, they're pretty, we've empowered them and they're pretty much running the show now. Aren't oh, they? yeah. Yeah. It's if you feel good with ones and. Ones and zeros. Ones and zeros. Yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much do anything yeah. these days. Yeah. But that's um yeah, it, it's interesting because I don't, I like I, I find the same thing. Like I want my kids to be resilient, but then yeah. at the same time you don't want them. You know, you, your instinct is when they absolutely are, it is. Yeah. To protect. Them. Well, it's like when they're playing sport. My kids play footy and that, and it's it's it is. I not neither have been hurt or that yet, but it's very difficult to not. I mean, I, I shut my mouth. Like you can tell, the parents that can't shut up are the ones that never achieved anything themselves when they're watching sport or whatever. I, I'm not talking about barracking or whatever. I'm just you just shut up and let your kids go. Mm. But uh, yeah, it is. It's your instinct is to always try and protect them, and they just got to learn. Like it's it's really really hard. Like you know, I've noticed with my boys, you know, there, there was a little bit of testosterone starting to come in their footy side last year, and they all. You know, they've been mollycoddled all their lives and all of a sudden someone drops an elbow on one of them and they're all like, what's going on? You know, they had yeah. no idea how to react to it. And I'm like, unfortunately, you're just going to have to... This is you're gonna, I pulled them out. I had to coach one week. <laughs> and uh, actually two weeks I ended up doing it. I've got a 100% success rate. But I, I just, at the end of this one game, I just pulled them aside and sort of said, boys, you're going to meet dickheads all your lives. All your life. uh, life, lives. So you've got to get used to dealing with people that you're not sure that you mightn't like or whatever, you know. And yeah. I see it with my son all the time. He's like, that person's this, that person's that. I'm like, oh, yeah. just got to get used to it, mate. You're not going to like everyone you meet. And you don't have to and they don't have to like you no. and that's fine. No. Yeah, that's that's a, a good lesson for the kids. It's funny you should say about the, the kids' sport. That's why I, I – like I played – Sport, yeah, my whole life growing Still up. Still do, mate. Yeah, mate. Played a bit of. Heard about well, your this... cricketing exploits? Oh, <laughs> you've been talking to Philpy. <laughs> yeah, I have. Six for Steve, as he calls himself. <laughs> um, it, mate, well, it's funny because it was one of the one of the days we had a couple of kids from the 15s fill in for us in that side, and one of the kids and I, my son plays in the 15s, and it was one of the other kids was there, so I sort of, I'll, I'm around him a bit. I'll fill in for the coach if he's away or whatever. Yeah, and um. And I remember one of them was, I was bowling. He was at, he was just at mid off, and might have been Phil Pitt, might have been one of the other blokes just having a chirp, and you know there was a bit of back and forth, and you know it was quite direct. Yeah. The communication. Yeah. And the eyes on this kid, 
were just wide as. And has he made him angry or had intimidated no, no, him he or, like, or he just oh, couldn't oh, believe? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, he was just yeah. in disbelief. Yeah. And I said, oh, there's a bit more talk in men's cricket. He goes, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can hear that. And I remember playing footy with blokes, you know, and I wasn't good enough. And nor, and I was only a very little boy even when I was 17. But some of my mates were men at the age of 17 and they were playing senior footy. And, whew, I mean, the whole, it's a bit like when you start comedy. I remember looking at certain venues going, there's no way I could MC this place. And then a couple of years later, you are. Yeah. You know? But it's, yeah. It, I, I don't know, with boys, like they do need to... Well, I think we're a bit harder on boys in a sense too. Um, like I'm probably harder on my son than... I'm than, way harder than, on than, my uh, son. Than, my, than I am certainly on my daughter, which isn't fair. But you just, I sort of know that as a bloke, you got to teach him to be respectful but also strong and you know all those things that's it's yeah that's one of the things i think is and i don't know how like if it's underrated but i i was saying to these like saying to the guys at cricket like we we need to get these young blokes like when they're ready to start coming and playing a bit of men's cricket that's the best thing for them yeah because it's one you go out of your your little bubble you go from big big fish little pond into okay you're back to Here's, here's a way to solve it. But I, I remember playing, like I started playing men's cricket reasonably young and it was it was eye-opening and it was, oh, yeah, you yeah. sort of learnt to deal with different personalities yeah. and you learnt your place and you learnt that, okay, the world's not, like, you know when you, you first go start going out in the piss and there was always that one mate who just had them and you're like, oh, you've never been around people that can hurt you, have <laughs> yeah. you? It's never occurred to you that you, <laughs> you could get might punched get punched in, in the head. Yeah. In the head. And yeah. then it sort of just set the, yeah. set the timer down yeah. for that bloke to get. And that's where that, in a much safer environment, sport's really good. Where it is. Like, all like of a sudden you're going up against a fully grown man and you're like, oh, okay, Sport cops guaranteed. a lot of shit, but I'll tell you, and now that my kids are both doing it, and even, you know, my wife who's never been part of like a sports team per se... She's like, oh, now I see why you love footy so much. Like, I've got a mate from Canberra coming up tonight, staying the night. All my best, clo- like my original best mates still are to this day. They're not from school. They're from football. So you're f- footy, by footy you're by talking Australian rugby league? Rules. No, Aussie rules. Aussie I rules? Played. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really? So Canberra, yeah. Canberra is one of those places that can go it either went, way. Yeah, well, it? a lot of people from Melbourne moved up there when I think the public service shifted. So there was um, a reasonable – it was a pretty good comp when I – when I was playing, like what position? Was, um, what are you? What are you oh, talking? Oh, I was Rover? sort of no, I was terrible at that. The <laughs> ruckman could hand it to me and it'd just go right through my hands. I was pretty shit. I because I wasn't very good. I, I was better off playing in the back line because then you, the ball comes to you. You know, you just follow someone around. So I did like a bit of a tagging role, and then as I got better, I played on the wing and yeah, it was a bit more Larry and whatever. But bit, bit quick. Ah, uh, yeah, it was quick enough. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, quick enough. I like I that. Just, that's that's, um, yeah. that's a guy who's played an, a level good enough to know that it was all right, but not where you like. Like you know, you've you've obviously played with guys that are genuinely oh, that next I played level. With, I can't believe some of the blokes that I played with didn't play AFL. Like I know there's once you get there, there's a bit of luck. Some of them aren't aren't prepared to put in the work, and a lot of <laughs> massive pissheads, obviously. But the line between the brilliant. You know, the AFL players and the blokes that are just as good. It, it's not huge. I think it's a lot of things, whether you can handle the training, whether you can handle all sorts of things. Because yeah, I played with some incredible footballers like that only ever played one or two AFL games. Mm. I played – so where when 
where I grew up until I was 16, down Corowa, sort of near yep. Aubrey. So that was real. So there was a couple of guys I went to school with who ended up playing a bit AFL. Yeah. Um, so Ryan Hallahan and like yep. I went to primary school with him and he was next level yeah. at primary school. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just... Oh, you can see. There's a kid who plays in. My daughter made... She's already playing rep sport. <laughs> she, she's nine. <laughs> Your weekends are screwed, mate. mate. Oh, I don't mind actually. I quite... Well, I get to go away every now and then with comedy, so I'm all right. Yeah. Uh, actually, the weekend she played in the state championships for Oztag... Um, my wife Lou had to take her out there for the weekend to Penrith, yep. and I was in Byron for the weekend working. So you know oh, it was a, yeah, a tough one. But yeah, she straight away like you can just see there's a kid that plays with my daughter. Her mum, I believe, the old man played state cricket for New South Wales. But and, yeah, and the mum has played rep Australian Oztag, and you see this kid. She's a year younger than my daughter, and like she won them their grand final. Like unbelievable, Un- you, and you see him every now and then. Every school's got one, or the occasional school, and you just see someone, and you go. And I remember this girl when I watched her play her first game of AFL. I'm like, fucking keep that kid in cotton wool because she's going to make a fortune. <laughs> like you know, she's just you just see him. You can you can see him. The ones that are absolutely, but even them, like you just said, like Ryan Houlihan. I know who he is only because most people wouldn't. No. So you can be that brilliant and still. Once you get to that level, it's just different things happen. Well, he was so he was a he had one of four, and so two. Of, I'm not sure if his younger brother. I think there was played. a couple. Did one played at Carlton from memory. So I think Ryan played at Carlton. Did he? Yeah, I reckon Hulan Ryan. Was there. Ryan was Hulan played at Carlton, Carlton, and then um, one of his older. I think Adam played at the Cats, and yep. their oldest brother was it Adam, the oldest one. I thought. The old no Damien, Damien yeah. played for Collingwood briefly. Right, doesn't that shit you when the old family's fucking good at Mate, something like well, that? Well, that was so, the Jesus. yeah the youngest brother was always was supposed to be the good one. Yeah. and the story was I think Adam, so the, the he'd be the second one. Um, growing up was wasn't that um, he was just a short kid, like a little uh, yeah. slighter kid, yeah. and then so he actually started. Uh, I think he started on a jockey apprenticeship. And then just had a growth spurt, ended up 6'2 and got drafted Jesus. in the AFL. <laughs> That's a fair yeah. growth spurt. Yeah, so they were, they were that family were just yeah. gifted Shit, you know. from the start. And then, yeah, then I think Justin Kaczynski was the year below me. Oh, yeah, school. okay. Yeah, played and, at yeah. St Kilda. Yeah. yeah, and then there was um, Aaron Hanneman. Um, Don't know that one. Played a bit of cricket with him. He played, I think he played at Essendon for a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they all got like, but just all yeah. talented guys. Yeah. And, but yeah, like you said, like. I'm right big on it hand. for sport, for the kids. Like it teaches them like everything they need to know, like really socially and whatever. Like, yeah, I exactly. I wouldn't let them play rugby league, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, well. I mean, it might sound a bit snobby, but I've got this theory that the reason, I know they're all can be fuckheads, whatever. Yep. And, you know, they're going to be no matter what some of those people. But the more cross-section of society you've got in your sport, the better it tends to be. Rather than if you've got all snob, snobby upper class, you know, like, say, rugby union, mm. and then rugby league, you've got all the actual, you know, the real dark blue collar. And it's like, it's you're better off having a blend. You are, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I, I think rugby league cops are cops it because i think the nrl have and i kind of admire it 
they wear their scandals. They don't try and hide anything. They well, don't that's because they've <laughs> they but, couldn't hide. Yeah, but that's what I mean. They've tried. <laughs> they've basically gone from. You it, know, it's just a. It's a very grassroots like tribal game, and it always yeah. will be. Like it's. Yeah. But I, like it's you said, built on controversy. Like it broke away from rugby union, and it's been controversial ever since, hasn't it? Yeah, it was proudly working class. Yeah, ab- yeah. Which is the and uh, look, I've done that. Like yeah, I knew would have done the same. You do sports lunches for a union club. You do sports lunches for a league yeah. club. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's just different jobs yeah. they've taken yeah. the afternoon off from. Generally, yeah. yeah. So it, like yeah. I remember doing different the, levels of wealth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. remember doing the first union one that I did, and I was I was just looking around, going, oh, "Okay, no, like these, you guys are exactly the same blokes." Yeah, yeah. One works in the bank, and the other one builds it. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I'd rather hang around most of the time too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, whoever's whoever's paying for the well, sportsman's lunch, that, mate. In those cases, absolutely, mate. Mm. Yeah. So when. Do you do you do a lot of sports lunches or that sort of stuff? Like, because yeah, you're pretty, yeah. you're like your on stage persona is reasonably knockabout. How does? Yeah, I guess. But um, I know we've got like, you know, sometimes there's people whose acts people think will go well in certain yeah situations. Yeah. No, you, I'm alright in them. I mean, I can do. I mean, it, I've sort of done gigs for. I, I never feel too comfortable if I've got to put a collared shirt or a. Button-up shirt or a tie. I can't wear a tie. Like I, <laughs> I look like an NRL player about to say not guilty. You know, yeah, like yeah. Um, um, there's certain I, I've, I'm sort of proud of the fact that yeah, I've been through all sorts of different groups of people and seem to be able to make you know younger, older, and make them laugh. Um, I sometimes I find like the corporate thing and the footy lunch thing like they're good fun. They can be, but it. In some ways, I feel it stifles my desire to just be an actual comedian, comedian, you know, like to be able to entirely say what I want to say and yeah. get, yeah. But then again, it also pays the bills, doesn't it? Exactly. You know? And they can be fun. But yeah. you, you're like a, a bit obsessed at the moment with this idea of there's guys that are, they do their thing very specifically or there's guys that can do their thing in multiple different Yeah, I, I can adapt. You're, yeah. you're, a, you're one of the, you're sort of, for me, uh, and I talk about Mickey D's the perfect example. Yeah. It's the guy, yeah. you get just, you've got one guy who's got to make some make a group laugh. Yeah. For, you know, your life's dependent on it. Yeah. you just got to throw yeah, yeah. You don't know anything yeah. about the group. Yeah. There's yeah. certain guys you'll yeah. throw in. No, no, yeah, yeah. I've made... Probably over the last 12 months, more of a conscious effort just to do more, which financially is not the smartest move, but <laughs> to do just more and more comedy and comedy clubs just to see if I can just focus on saying exactly what I want to say and find that. Find your audience you, that way. True voice and your audience, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, but it is good, yes, to be able to know that you can go to whether it's a group of real estate agents or a cyclists or a bunch of nurses or whatever and be confident enough that you'll be able to resonate with them is is good yeah because i think too i think part of it is like your the stuff you talk about is very accessible for yeah, a wide group. like hopefully what, relatable for a lot of people yeah yeah but i, I think the key not the like, anti-vaxxers <laughs> no well you know you can't get everyone mate no because your show last year was called Doing Your Own Research. It was, that's right, yeah. So yeah. how did the – did you cop any anti-vaxxer love? I've copped a fair bit 
um, recently online. Um, Dave Hughes and I were doing a gig, or I was opening for him in uh, Central Coast. Yep. End of last year, and of course, he I came off stage, and he just goes, "You're basically up there attacking me, mate." <laughs> Oh, he really? goes, you make jokes about people that drink alcohol-free beer. You make jokes about vegans. You make jokes about <laughs> the, you know, the whole. Uh, I mean, he was more against the lockdowns than anything. Yeah, but and uh, but, but me and him both laugh thing. about it. Like he's great. We we're telling jokes about because as a comedian, that's you know that's I laugh at his jokes. They're funny jokes. I don't care that he's a vegan or he drinks alcohol-free beer. I couldn't give a shit no. or what he thought. You know. But some people, obviously, in the audience, they they don't understand subversion, or and maybe yeah, I do probably believe that people should should have helped out when it came to things with the vaccine. Just the fact that people the the arrogance required to think that you're fucking smarter than ninety to ninety five percent of the population, or and just a bunch of scientists who just dedicated the, their yeah, lives to yeah, and just the general. I, I know, and being close to a few conspiracy type people and it's like oh fuck off like you're not you know like you're smoking weed like i've smoked weed i know what it does to your brain you know i think i can write jokes when i'm stoned. i fucking can't i'm not as smart as i thought i am you know and that's i don't know i just it's just a, a mindset and in a scary time like a pandemic of course people are going to kick off and they've continued they haven't stopped with that they're all the Sovereign citizen types now, and I've yeah. had a couple of people that I have been close to it, and so I never went around bragging that I had the vaccine. Like, but they're all—it's you know the same people. As soon as you see, oh, in the you know that that understated bloody tone about oh, you know what's going on with this vaccine? They're all trying to poison us. Oh, fuck off! Like, Jesus Christ! I, with the conspiracy theories, my things always like the to, okay to what end? Like, what what's the What's the point of doing oh, no. doing all this? The one that really gets me is the the um, you know lying about um, the world being flat, or <laughs> who wins out of this mate. one? I mean, I got a mate who just was slipping over the years. Was a you know really keen socialist type person originally, and now he's bloody slightly to the right of Genghis Khan. You know, like it's. <laughs> I remember when I really first started to lose it for him was when he told me that uh, Martin Bryant was a patsy. Oh fuck. oh, fuck. Yeah. So that was one red flag and, yeah, then it just got worse and worse. But they're also – it's like it should be a mental illness. Yeah. Like I know they've – you know, it's my firm belief, belief that they've lowered the bar for mental illness over the last decade or so. Like anyone can fucking have one now. You've got some great yeah. material. Yeah. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was parked behind a car – at the lights, and they had just one bumper sticker above the other. The old Dilligaff was um, at the bottom. Mm. You know, do I look like yeah, I give yeah, a fuck? Yeah, and right above yeah. that, it ain't weak to speak. I'm like, I'm not speaking <laughs> to you, am I? <laughs> Make up your mind. <laughs> but it should be because it's like they, they're, it's like trying to speak to, you know, someone who's under the influence of drugs, like in a psychosis or someone who is having a, a serious mental health episode. Mm. You, you, you're you not getting through to them. You, you know, you can present. And it, look, I also understand, I've been doing a joke about that too, that we get information politically. Some of us vote Green, some vote Liberal, Labor. I don't care. I couldn't give a shit what you vote. But we all look at the information and we decide. And that's the same thing. 
that happened scientifically with the vaccine, you know, like don't go to a doctor if you don't trust Western medicine. See yeah. how that works out for you. Um, you know, and that's it. Some people, but that anti-vaxxer thing, man, that's been around for 200 odd years. Mm. They, and they're still using the same bullshit that they were 200 years ago. So, And it's, I, I, I think, I've got a theory too that, because you mentioned the, the smoking pot and that sort of stuff. Oh, I, there's definitely a link there. Well, I think there's a link to if you've ever been, had some sort of, like I find addiction like a lot of ex-addicts can buy into it. And that current sort of stuff. ones. And current <laughs> ones, yeah. yeah. But I think there's something in that, like this idea that there's there's hidden forces. Yeah. Um, that, which you sort of have to buy into for all these conspiracy That's theories. like a mental illness. But it's fucking if you felt addiction, you felt the yeah. the invisible yeah, hand like that's forcing you one something way. Something, I can't control this. And that's, yeah. that's what a lot of conspiratorial thinking comes from that. Hang on this is too weird or they can't accept that really bad things happen. So they have to have an excuse or a reason for it. Mm. Uh, anyway, I did get a bit of online abuse. One film me for my whole set and you know, there's 400 people in there, 399 of them are pissing themselves. And that's what always astounds me. It's like when you read a comedy review and they say how shit a comedian was, everyone else was laughing. It's like, well, that's, fucking pay I attention love, to that. I love that bit. The, Imagine the, writing that. The crowd that. seemed to enjoy it, however. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? It's like, that's all that matters, you dickhead. <laughs> so these people, and then I got, oh, I got a fair bit of abuse online for a while, but that's like, you know, for me, not like, you know, more famous ones get all the time, like, you know, Cody, Nick Cody and Luke Heggie, they get a lot more than that. You, you'd never cop any shit online, would you, too much? Oh, I cop heaps. Oh, because you do a bit of, you got the vaccine stuff too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I even copped Oh, and you've been on TV, that, mate. Yeah. So any, you just... Radio's the best, man, those text lines. Oh, it is really oh, bad? Oh, the first, I remember the, when I first started doing stuff at SEN on the text line, there was this guy who identifies himself as the reptile. Um, that's just his, Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he, I remember he texted in one of the like, first shifts, he oh, boys, great show, and he singled everyone out, like, you know... Uh, each of the guys in the room and then just go, Barney, I'd rather slam my dick in the car door <laughs> than listen to you. <laughs> and then I was just like, I so I, just, I read that out on radio. I said, look, if yeah. anyone sees a car pulled over on the side of the Reptile. M4, a guy just, <laughs> just giving himself the, the business. <laughs> so give him a honk. Let him I know do listen. worry for some. Like I remember doing those um, TikTok ones for, you know, at the factory theatre last year oh, yeah, during well, the they festival. Streamed them and the TikTok. kids are all out the back. Well, kids, you know, they're twenty to thirty, whatever. I'm like, don't fucking read them, and they're all no. reading them, and they're and they and then I can see their faces dropping. I'm like, don't read them. It doesn't matter. Just, it, it abs- none of them would, ever, you know, like the one I always reflect on is all the people that were so um, opinionated about Adam Adam Good, saying what a dickhead he was, whatever. Not one person ever fronted him, no, publicly and said something to him. So that's the sort of pond life you're dealing with anyway they can say whatever they like online that's that's the thing like they're not coming to the show don't no. worry about it no they're and nor are they ever going to say something to your face anyway yeah like it's um social media is a fail for you man mate i've had i've had people i i got i did a corporate where i got back in the direct me- i got heckled in direct messages on instagram after a from gig. a corporate from a yeah from like a sports thing oh brutal from yeah. what science jokes no, 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 just just some um, a table of young girls that, that were talking through during the whole thing, oh, and yeah. I asked because the other pe- people around them were shushing. I just yeah. said, "Oh, do you mind just?" And then after that, they just like, yeah. yeah. So they sent me 
they tracked me down on Instagram to, to, tell to do you that. Prick. I had another guy, same on radio, just got off right air. <laughs> me and Philby had done oh, a shift, yeah, and this guy had got on because um, Philby was talking about when he was working at Domino's as a teenager. Yeah, and um, and I just get this message in direct messages: "Hey, is that job at um, Domino's still going? <laughs> you and Philby can both go average radio." <laughs> Like, I mean, at least some of them are funny, you know? Well, like, that's what I, was like, I don't mind if they're funny. Like, but that's what you just sent back. Oh, mate, oh. thanks for listening. Thanks for the... Also, he looked me up and followed me. Exactly. So. Can you imagine going to the trouble just to tell someone that they're shit at something? Like, Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't care. I don't... I'm not an arguer. I don't really... Again, I get what information I want and I make my mind up. But I, I, I can't think of anything worse than sitting around trying to convince someone to vote bloody Labor or Liberal or like... No. Nah. I, I don't care. No, like, I, I... It's just... Like I, being I don't good know. at arguing, it doesn't even mean you're right. Like, politicians are good at arguing, you know what I mean? It, yeah. Just because you swallowed a fucking thesaurus, like, it means nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't make you right. And the more right someone thinks they are, generally, that's the more suspicious I am. Well, the more, the more sure of anything... That people are when they're hundred percent yeah. sure on a whole world view. That's danger. You're like, oh, yeah. just, oh man, the yeah. amount of because the amount of information you have to leave out. Yeah, because there's always a but. Yeah, okay, but what about this? But what about that? Yeah. Like, that's where you. I don't know. I just try and sort the of graze the interesting bit. Yeah, isn't exactly. It, you know, and it's. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not into arguing. I don't even argue with my wife. If we ever have a blue, it's, it escalates fairly quickly, and it's get fucked, get fucked, and then that's it. It's done. <laughs> Yeah, the and real. Then, then, then we're fine. Five them. minutes late. Yeah, proper intellect. Yeah. You know when you see like you watch a drama and you think they're trying to actually deconstruct their psychology and personality, and you're like, I've never ever <laughs> had a discussion nor an argument with anyone in my life that's been to that level. That's really good script writing, is all that is, because no one, no one argues like that. I often, yeah, I often fucking logic. TV. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like you watch TV and you're like, oh, this is this is how would you like the answers, the comebacks that they have in the moment? Oh, that incredible! You're like, Man, it'd take me a week to think of that. Like, well, it's like us. Our most of our best comebacks come to us about half an hour on the road on the way home from a gig. Don't oh they? yeah, you know, if like, I if I have a really good put down for a heckler, it's usually because at some point previous. Someone's heckled with the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've thought of it. It's on in the, the vault. Way. And I'm yeah, like, okay, and beautiful. You, you, yeah. Got that preloaded for next time. Yeah, but it never, never happens like that anyway, no. does it? No. no, it's, 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 uh, yeah. But I, I, I'm with you. I don't think that, um, I, uh, I think it's the world would be un, like very uninteresting yeah. if we all thought the same oh, way anyway. Fuck yeah. Like, I, I, I want to learn. That's all I'm here for. I'll, I'll be part of anything. I'll, Listen to, you know, not always. There's some, you know, people I think, and I don't really... You don't need to listen to everyone's opinion. No. That's, that's absolutely bullshit. I'm entitled to my opinion. It's like, yeah, you're not entitled to fucking facts or well, being evil. You're like, entitled to an opinion, but, like, people are entitled to be wrong, but it doesn't yeah. mean they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah oh, no, mate, you've got every yeah. right to be an idiot. Yeah, and the, look, that's the other thing. The more someone tries to convince me of anything, the more I feel like I'm being sold something, then yeah. I'm, the, I'm more likely to be suspicious of it. Like, I've been running again. Like, I stopped running. I used to always love running, but I stopped when I was 49, and I'm now 53, and I thought, oh, I'm going to run again. So I've started running again. I just 
doing the gym wasn't enough to keep all the beer off and whatever. <laughs> and I'd always said that I wanted to run a marathon one day. And I, I got up to 30K was as far as I ever got. And I'm like, right, I'm going to do a marathon. So um, our mate, Mick Meredith, his um, partner, Mo, is, yep. is like a personal, but she's like one of those proper obsessives. And then all these people, since they found out, they're like, oh, if, it, if it's not on Strava, which is an exercise app. Yeah, I know, I know yeah, Strava. There. And they're like, if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. And I'm like, I just want to fucking know how far I ran and, you know, like, yeah. and how long it took. And they're like, oh, man. But it's, I get it. It's people obsess about anything. And that's like, I, I find the, once you're fanatical about something, it sort of loses its appeal a bit for me. Mate, Mickey D has been trying to get me onto Strava for ages. Oh, yeah, I saw he was on there. But yeah. he, um, I, 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 I'm refusing because I don't, I don't want my bad runs to be. Yeah, well, you public. don't have to put them all up. Do you what know I, I mean? worked, and then I thought, all right, I'll play this game. So I like I find, I ran seventeen k on Sunday. Oh no! Nice. Like I've only been running again for three weeks. Jesus! <laughs> like I'm lucky. That's, That's all huge. It is. Yeah, yeah. I should be 150 kilos and just about dead the way I treat my body. But yeah, it's great. And I'm like, oh fuck it, I'll show off then. <laughs> or you scrub, and they're all like, what, what? And it, yeah, but it's you know it. It's the same for people. Need it's like gyms, you know, because me and Luke Heggie, our mate, we yep. go to the gym together, and have been for a few years. We just get in there, sweat. Oh, we, now we're starting to try and spend a bit more time trying to work out who the biggest fuckwit in the gym is. Like, <laughs> it's just brilliant. Well, it'll be one of the it's, two of you. It's, yeah, well, it's probably us walking around <laughs> looking at all the other dickheads. But it's just incredibly, like, incredible how it's performance art for people with no talent. Like, there's no way all that shit those people do is makes any difference than if they just ran up and down a hill ten times. Like, like with their little uh, elastic my- bands and shit. It's like, fuck off. Just get fit. Setting their cameras up, it's like you're not doing, you're not achieving anything apart from you know vanity. That's I. That is the fascinating development in gyms that I've noticed too. Like when you go and there's the people, you know, and they're just filming. It's their unbelievable. Like, what, what is? But that's it's that's what it's performance art for them. Yeah, for people with no discernible skills or talents. Also, sometimes too, I see people at the gym and they're like, you know, good shape, like big. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, well, what's this for? Pyramids are being built, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are we? What are we? What are we putting this level of strength? I think Haggy's got a new joke about that actually. About oh, real estate agents with muscles. Yeah. Fucking clipboards must be heavy. <laughs> it's so true, though. It is. It's just yeah. Yeah. What's well, vanity? And vanity. Look, we found out with Shane Warne, vanity can kill you. Oh yeah. Like, it's you not... know, it's it, what you look like. Doesn't uh, well, especially when you get older. And if you're married, it doesn't matter. But um, that's what, speaking about women in audiences. Good-looking women in audiences can be really difficult because they're just not used to having to play by the same rules as everyone else, you know. And you think, geez, one day you mightn't be as good-looking, and you're going to actually have to be a decent person, aren't you? That you know? that that is, to, that, and that's that's one of those interesting things. I've always said there's nothing scarier than the group of drunk women oh god no i'd take drunk blokes any day because yeah Yeah. because you can go the drunk blokes whereas yeah if you don't weave that thread that needle really well with the drunk women yeah and one of them cries yeah all you are then is the the guy that made crying's the best way ever to win an argument isn't it Mm. if you are (laughs) but you because it's over yeah once someone cries you're fucked that's it you 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 made that person cry is it like if you're, you know, having a chat with your wife or whatever, or once she cries, 
Yeah. That's it. It's game over. Yeah. There's all reason has left the the argument and you're gone. You've lost. I've been it's working, a good, good I've tool. Been working on a bit about how basically I don't I don't cry enough. Because mm. um, basically the idea is that like I can rem- I can tell you the last three times I spewed. Yeah. Don't know the last time I cried. <laughs> yeah, I used to do a joke about crying when the dog died and whatever, but it's um, – oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'll say to the kids. You know, you break your arm and they're crying. It's like, well, is it making it any better? No, we'll stop fucking crying then. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's that kind of advice we got as kids, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Just, you've got to honour their emotions now. Honour. Yeah. You gotta, oh, I don't know. I don't like. I don't want to become one of those people that's like the world's shit. It was better when I was a kid, or any of that. Um, but you just you just deal with your own kids in however way you can. Exactly, and I think that's the. I think the thing is, I think where you become that bloke is where you're not aware of not wanting to become yeah. that guy, and yeah. you're not listening to the the new information that's coming in. It doesn't yeah. mean. I think sometimes we. Did that fear of becoming the the person who's like, mate, you know, the world's yeah, shit now, yeah. will lead some people our age or it's a slippery slope for some blokes. It's a often the yeah. path of least resistance. Like you, as they get maybe a bit more scared as they get older. I mean, you know, you look at your Mark Lathams and those sort of guys, yeah. and you're like, what the fuck has Where, happened, where'd mate? You go, mate? Just relax, mate. It's all right. The world's all right. You know, like I'm always. Like, I've been trying to write a joke about it, actually, about just nostalgia in general. It's bit, it's dangerous territory, nostalgia. You know, that, that bloke who was cooked by the age of 30, divorced, bloody, started getting fat, spends all his time trying to organise school reunions on Facebook and <laughs> complaining because the Chili Peppers didn't play all the songs he wanted. Like, you know, it's like... Yeah. That's why the Chili Peppers write new music, mate, so they don't end up fucking dead inside like you are, like... You know, That's I'm nostalgic it. for a couple of things, hair, and <laughs> and I'm always glad that I got to smoke on a plane. But, you know, other than, <laughs> other than that. <laughs> what a great thing to be nostalgic for. <laughs> I don't even smoke anymore. I still, I'd go and have one if you could smoke on Mate, a plane again. Have you ex- tried to explain that to your kids? Oh, no, it's great. Smoking though. on a plane. Yeah. And the, the fact that there was a smoking section. It was brilliant. <laughs> when I, it was the first, you could still do it. First time I ever went overseas, I went to Africa in about 1993. It was great. <laughs> I, I used to love how stupid we were that we'd thought just by making the smokers sit over there and the non-smokers like here, yeah. that that's okay. Yeah, like, no, doesn't matter. <laughs> I can smell when my next door neighbour lights went up now. Yeah. You know, like it's, that's it. Yeah, because that, that used to be a real thing. Like you book a hotel room or you, you know, ho- or in a restaurant, smoking or non-smoking. Yeah. And you could smoke anywhere. It was. Um, I remember when they, when they first threw like started talking about oh they'll ban it in pubs. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way they will ever ban smoking yeah. in pubs. It yeah. just you couldn't do it. Yeah. And then it just almost like overnight, just the momentum. They started went. like where it'd be half non and half smoking, and now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they still cater for them because they know like the pokey players. They've got those sort of semi outdoor yeah, pokey yeah. areas and. You know, well, they, mate, they know where they're one addiction butted. breeds another. Oh fucking! <laughs> That's well, my brother is like runs pubs. He's worked in pubs his whole, life, and he said that was the biggest adjustment. Yeah, when they stopped, um, they stopped 
the smoke is, as you said, the smoke covered a lot of smells that you just didn't yes. want to smell in a pub. I remember like, walking into the my local at Bondi when that when they first introduced it and went, oh, it smells a bit wrong in here. Yeah. Well, you notice now a lot of uh, lot less carpet in pubs. Yeah, like, like that's where yeah. that almost that industrial yeah, chic yeah. look came. Yeah. It's like no, yeah. no, polished concrete's probably better yeah, for us. Yeah, absolutely. All those yeah. surfaces that don't soak anything up, because you got well, to remember, be, beers. Oh yeah, I know. Got yeast in it. Yeah, that'll that'll yeah. get in your carpets, yeah. and that'll yeah. that'll have a life of its own. Yeah, I think that's that's where like yeah, cigarette smoke must have just neutralised all that. Yeah, because yeah. you go in and that was just the overpowering. Oh yeah, smoke. You can smoke anywhere again now, actually, with a vape. You can freaking. Those things shit me. I know you've done jokes about them, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I quite like them when I have a beer. That's that's my trade off. I'll tell you what, I don't. I, again, I've done my own research on this. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but if they're not a hundred times better for you than cigarettes, I, oh, I, I, I tell you, as someone who used to, and you know, like anything I do, when I do it, I do it properly. So yeah. I used to smoke properly. You know, I haven't for fifteen or more years now. Um, but. The vapes, I can if I can have a few vapes with a beer, get up and go for a run the next morning. When I, when you, I used to have cigarettes, and even up to a few years ago when I still smoked when I drank, that how much that increases your hangover and, and all those chemicals, you feel absolutely shit. Like I'm sure vaping's not good for you, um, but fucking hell, it's so much better than smoking. Oh, I tell you, yeah. Look, you don't. I'm not. I'm not arguing that. My the thing that shits me about. The you vaping. It's a bit gay, don't you? Really? Well, it's, no, it's just, it's a bit like, I, it, you can't tell me you're not trying to get kids addicted to something. Oh, no. When you're making are. it all bubblegum yeah. and blueberry and yeah, whatever, yeah. F- like flavors yeah. and yeah. Oh, it lights up at the end. And like, it's yeah, all yeah. the little tricks yeah. that. Yeah. And. Well, then, cigarette or nicotine or tobacco companies, they're not known for their moral authoritarianism. No, exactly. They, you know, like, exactly. But at least, you know, they had a don't hard... Don't pretend. They had a harder sell. like KFC, though. They've never pretended to be healthy, whereas no. McDonald's fucking went and put their salads oh, yeah, in and salad that sort of shit. So who are you kidding? You yeah. know? Be right. But having said that, I, I'm still... They go, oh, kids are doing it now. I'm like, well, it's better than if kids were smoking, yeah. I suppose. I mean, the thing is, they oh, can do it in more places than they could... But if you walk into your kid's bedroom, you're still going to smell banana, aren't you, if they've been smoking a banana vape or whatever. Yeah. But you're right. It is addictive. But anyway, I don't care. See, I'm just being – I'm talking self-interest here and <laughs> fuck the kids. But that's I, – I also – I just – yeah. My, my, my thing is like, I don't – and I also don't care particularly if it's people using it to get off – um, oh god, yeah. Cigarettes. That's a yeah. uh, that's a much better way. Oh man, I, to get I gave up sm- cigarette smoking so many times, and then I made a deal with myself when I was about thirty eight that right, the only time I'll do it is if I'm having a beer. And you know, I used to only ever drink once a week or maybe twice. Now it's about four or five times <laughs> yeah, with the well, kids. You missed the cigarettes. So, yeah, but I could do it, and then as soon as I had a beer, I'd be like, no, oh, this is. You just start going through, and I was like, all right. And then when they came out, I'm like, oh, this is better. Mm. And I don't do it, you know, that much because no one smokes anymore. So if you no. sort of if you're a smoker, everyone looks at you like there's something wrong with you, you know. And but it's um, it's changed. But that's got to be a gazillion dollar industry oh, because you know you're massive. not meant to be able to buy them. Yeah, like, I've never known of. I could walk into any place, and they're not even sort of looking at me like, as far as some people know, I could be a cop. You yeah. know, like 
No, what they never they must be making that much money off them. It's funny, yeah, it's funny because it is not you're not supposed to be, but people will like all, shops will just have signs up. Yeah, like yeah, I mean they they've obviously got nicotine free ones, but no one wants them. No, because I used to have, for a while I was getting them from New Zealand and ordering them from there. Really? Yeah, and now everyone was like, no, you just go into your tobacconist. So any cop could walk into a tobacconist every day and and pull a thousand of them out. But it's supply and demand. I mean, that's yeah. what, you know, you'd know better than me, but that's surely what happens when they make something illegal. <laughs> like, you know, like the Class A drugs, you know, they've gotten worse and stronger than they were in the 1930s when you could get a script for them, yeah. should you need them, you know. And that's and creating massive criminal enterprise as well, aren't you? Well, that's, and that, that's the thing that I think, you know, that... This is going back to that thing about when people are very sure about a simple yeah, solution to a complex yeah, problem. Yeah, God, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, the, okay, the, everything everything you do will then have a kick-on consequence. Because yeah. especially with drugs, like I love the like this whole thing, you know, that people, um, my favourite are the people who are, you know, only want to eat organic and don't want to eat at McDonald's because McDonald's is an evil corporation. And sniff cocaine off yeah. dirty toilets. <laughs> and more than happy to, like this is a, this is a drug that's done more devastation yeah. through Central yeah, and South yeah. America than yeah. anything. But, you know, M- McDonald's, no, they're the evil corporation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, which either way, just acknowledge you're a hypocrite and oh, let's yeah. get on with life. Like yeah. it's you got to be. Yeah. You're not fair income if you're not a hypocrite at some level, are you? Oh, mate, we're all hypocrites. you got to be. You just Yeah, it's too hard not to be, mate. Exactly. Like, you, you know, that's why, like, with anyone who gets a bit, you know, with all the online rage and outrage and whatever, like, geez, you want to be careful. Like, they don't, you know, sometimes they must get to a point where, who did they attack the other day online, that Father Bob? You know, the, there's a guy on Twitter what? who seems to be... Un- I think it was that sort of patronising, oh, look, here's a Catholic, a priest we can all like because he's a bit progressive. And then they found out he wrote a letter for the that ex-Collingwood cheer squad leader who had done something with a boy many, many years ago. And he just wrote a letter. Yeah. Not saying, hey, fuck kids up the arse or whatever. <laughs> like, he yeah. was saying he's been a good person while I've known him. And Twitter just... Turned on just him. destroyed him. So, um, you know, that so people just and sometimes they must go, Oh, geez, I'm not sure which side to be on here, mate. I got a reference once. This is this probably shouldn't be uh edited out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a reference for a job at the time, like from our local member, because um, yeah. my old man just knew him. My old man was principal, and so he'd yeah. you know come down and hand out awards and stuff. And so I met him a few times. Turns out he um he ended up getting locked up for yeah, right. Cannabis yeah. and having sex yeah. with underage kids and there you go. sorts of stuff, and I was like, "Well, this is." Is that that Greek bloke? Or Copolis? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was yeah. just a local yeah, member, right. and yeah. so at the yeah. time, it's like, "Oh, if you can get a local member to give yeah, you a reference like for when, a job, you know, Eddie McGuire gives a reference to some footballer, it's like, well, of course your fucking friends like you. Yeah. You know, like someone like Ted well, well, Bundy. Well, just hanging you know? out. Milton Ocopolis and I weren't friends. No, sorry. It's <laughs> sorry. not you. I'm talking about Eddie McGuire. You know, yeah. it'd be like your dad writing you a reference. Well, yeah, it doesn't. I reckon you get the president of another footy club to write down what he thinks about you. <laughs> you know, like it's, I just don't get that. It's yeah. like, well, Eddie McGuire said he's a good bloke. So, well, fucking. Are they still he, even a thing though? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. had real jobs in a But while, I mean, but when the footballers fuck up and yeah. like, does a lot for charity, does he? Yeah. Yeah. Mate, this is a this I love that um this idea like 
with the sports like you know because you were talking about rugby league you wouldn't let kids play rugby league is that any sport is better or worse than the others when it yeah, comes yeah, to all this shit yeah. like it's just yeah they've all got an element like you want to different, you, different types of did you get across the um during the lockdowns the story with the jockeys in melbourne yeah, well that went down the mornington peninsula uh, a little bit, not not yeah, like huge. That's jockeys yeah, yeah, having yeah. like high, like breaking yeah. lockdown rules yeah, to go yeah. to Morning Peninsula and have orgies or whatever they were doing. <laughs> Those jockeys, funny little orgies, yeah. jockeys. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, I oh, know you're right, and it's it's too easy to be you know critical of rugby league. I I, lo- I loved and loved rugby league. I just I think since I just haven't had time anymore, I just. Don't watch it as much anymore. Yeah. That's all it is, and it's a good, easy one to take the piss out of as well. Oh yeah, a, massive from a comedy perspective. Mate, um, I've yeah, I made a whole. Uh, <laughs> and they're not bad at laughing at themselves either. That's the other thing yeah. I will say about league is that they don't kid themselves about who they are. That's when you know you're you're in trouble or you're with in the company of a real fuckhead when they can't laugh at themselves. That's exactly you know, yeah. As a comedian, when you say something, they're like, what? Yeah. Don't. So I did because I, I got a few jokes about real estate agents, and I was at a I did a at a thing like a just a dinner a little while ago, yeah. And I, I said to real estate agent, he laughed along. And I said to him afterwards, you know, I've been making fun of real estate agents for close to ten years, and no one has, has ever, ever complained. <laughs> so I make Cyclist, fun of real estate I'll get agents, the yeah, exactly, yeah. Complaint. Cyclists, real estate agents, insurance salesmen, you fucking fair, yeah. fair game, mate, fair game. That's it. They, they know who they are. So your podcast? Oh yeah, we do. What? I do one as well. That's yeah, fine. what? To, to explain the concept behind your. Uh, podcast. Well, I was doing one on my own for quite a while. Yeah, and it was called "Your Hobby Is Shit," and it was basically just me, just I don't know, lockdown. Some needed some a way to occupy my brain, uh, and that was basically about what we were talking about earlier: obsession, like how unhealthy it is to be fanatical or obsessive about something. You know, like someone who's all of a sudden discovered something and, they, yeah. you know, they're evangelically enthusiastic about it. And it's like, it's no, all right. Just no one more of... zealous than a convert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that one I did on my own, but it was, it's like anything, going to a corporate by yourself. I'd rather earn half the money and go with a mate, yeah. you know, or, and, or a whole group of us and earn bloody half, a quarter of the money, you know, and do have a, have have an experience. Yeah, and just have some friends around. So I um I interviewed Mick Meredith uh who for my podcast and then I found I've always loved him when I first started doing comedy. He was someone I watched very closely and um and then yeah, I just sort of said to him, Should we do one? And then he's like, Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh and then we just came across this idea of just you know, crazy mad dogs, basically. That's what's called mad dogs. Um, so we just historically just look up some famous, some unknown. Sometimes it's just a topic. Like yesterday we did one just on vigilantes. I'd found a few vigilantes um, through his history that had done their thing. You know, we've done famous ones like footballers and actors. Or He's, he's into music, so he does a lot. We just recorded an Ozzy Osbourne one yesterday, so oh yeah, yeah. and then plenty yeah, but plenty more, to than, work with there. more than anything, like my wife, and you know, we get obviously uh, both of us get quite a bit of unsolicited feedback from our better <laughs> halves, <laughs> um, and even you know, even other people that write in, they go, they just love sort of the banter, and it's fun. Like you know, we haven't 
set, you know, we've got other friends that have podcasts where they make quite a bit of money and like that's, that's not us uh, yet. <laughs> but uh, I'm really good at finding things that I can't make much money at actually. Hey, same. <laughs> I've been really good at that my whole life actually. Yeah. Um, Do, doing it for the love. Well, you know what they, like we, we, stuff we were talking about before, being able to live off stage is equally as important and not everyone that we do our profession with lives well off stage so no and by well i mean mentally well and socially and whatever not just financially a big thing at the moment is just in trying to enjoy the process of everything yeah because you realize that okay the 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 however long you're on stage and it's all going well that's yeah. great yeah but that's what what's that maximum yeah you know, half an hour half usually an hour yeah. usually so yeah. you know you got 23 and a half hours yeah to have a life outside of that. And if you're not enjoying that 23 and a half hours, then it, yeah. it can be pretty rough. Yeah, well, and I, you know, I've lived that life previously and so I know. Um, yeah, but that, that, so we do this, that podcast, the Mad Dogs, and that's just fun. Like, we both enjoy it, um, you know, and we just slag each other off a bit and have a laugh and that's that's basically it, mate. Yeah. Um, what else can I can I plug one? Yeah, one, plug whatever you want. I'm doing mate. a festival show, just a one night. Are you doing the Sydney Comedy yep. Festival this year? You're yeah. doing a few nights. Or? I'm doing two. I'm doing 20th and 21st of May. May. I think, so that's a week after me. And more Comedy Club. That little. Oh, room. that's lovely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Good well they've because I've always been in that. <laughs> Fucking shipping container, you know. Yeah. It's like it's not good for your uh, self esteem, but I, I've uh, they've given me the factory floor, which is about oh, 100, nice. 120 odd seats for one night. So I'm gonna lovely. Oh, uh, what's it called? Just Woody alive on the floor. What's um, the What's the date? Twelfth fr- Friday, twelve May. Friday, twelfth May. Nine thirty p.m. at the factory theatre. Yeah, definitely so get I'm along gonna, with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. You're I'm one of these guys. Make, I'm not good at I'm, selling myself. No, you. You, no. you and I have um, similar problems there with the. Uh, <laughs> I just think if you're good at something, it should happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that old school yeah. feeling. I of, often think, and I know it's not necessarily uh, an accurate comparison, but I was like, if I'd ever been anywhere near as good at football as. What I am I'm not saying I'm brilliant at comedy, but I can tell that I go all right. Mm. I'd be at least playing fucking State of Origin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be I'd be a lot wealthier. Than, oh mate, yeah. I you actually lately your I've, your name's come up a few times with um, just kicking around the traps. People that have gigged with you, yeah. talking about how good all your stuff is at the moment. Oh, that's and how good. good you're going. It's been going well. Like, I did the Taronga Zoo one. On Saturday night, yeah, Twilight. Zoo. What? I just talked to Where the animals. Where did this come from? <laughs> it's a A-list gig. They were. It's they've done it over years. So for about six months over summer and um, autumn, six weeks they do. They have bands and stuff. So they're like Friday night they had the Daryl Braithwaite on, oh, and then good. Saturday night was comedy and you outdoor comedy. You as a bit, yeah, two thousand people, and it was fucking brilliant. Nice. Absolutely brilliant it was. Yeah. And and we got spoiled a bit yeah. by getting that VIP treatment, got to take the kids and they went and patted a seal and, you know. How good. Some, yeah, it was great. So stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, it, I've definitely felt like the last year or so things have been going better and better. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean much unless you're enjoying doing it. 
Um, exactly right. Yeah, and I, you know, if I can build an audience at some point along the way, great. But if not, I'm it still beats working for a living. You know, uh, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, true. and that's a, it's. I think too sometimes like I don't know when you when you start, you kind of want that quick bang. Yeah, I don't but think, I think the slow burn career is oh, probably yeah. a bit better. In it's the hair end. and the tortoise, mate. Mm. I've always been more. I'm late to most parties, like you know, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, like even podcasts, like if I'd started one five years before, there'd be the huge difference in just naturally the number of listeners you'd accrue. Mate, I started this and then when I got real busy at Fox, when I started working there yeah. all the time, I just let this go. Yeah. And now I look and go, if I had just kept yeah. it going in those, that even, gap. Yep. Even the year when from when I did my Your Hobby is Shit one, which they're all still available online. From one year later when Mick and I started doing ours, how much more difficult it is to attract listeners just by the volume. Yeah, there's, there's um, so many podcasts yeah. out there now. But I don't mind. Anyway, as far as comedy goes, it's fine. Like I'm still learning and trying to write new jokes and whatever. And what? yeah, I could probably make a bit more effort to sell myself, but which I will do slightly <laughs> um, well you got the you've got the background in websites surely oh, yeah. you nah, surely all your online that. <laughs> that's a, when you that. said that that was one of the things i went it's like of all the guys i would have thought had a background like in early online yeah like, development yeah i know knowing your online presence yeah. is like it's good but yeah, it's but not you're not no, no you're not what i'd call a youtube no, no. or a, no, no, a, no. a tiktok no, comedian no no, oh, you be just keep your eye on them, mate. <laughs> as I as I start trying to sell tickets for this one show, I'll uh, I'll be doing more and more of that, Barney. I That's will. Good. I'm, I actually have been trying to do more of that stuff too. And it was, you know, it, it doesn't was, feel good, does it? Really, it, it doesn't feel natural. Nah. to me. But it was a conversation I had with. Uh, it might have been Billy Darcy or one of those yeah, younger guys. It. it was good, yeah. and they and they got a really good presence. Yeah, and they they said to me. Guys like you that have been going, you must have so much material that you could put up online. And I'm like, yeah, well, we didn't just. I've got audio recordings, <laughs> yeah, you know, just to listen back to. But yeah, that kids video everything. I mean, I'm a bit sick of this online. You see them all talking to what well, hecklers or audience no. members. And it's like fucking write a joke. Well, that's. Uh, I think that the the thinking there is okay. If I don't, if I just put my crowd work up, I'm not burning my material. Ah, but. Bullshit. You're not burning your material unless you've figured, you know, like say our mate Luke Heggie, he travels the country now and he's got probably, I don't know, 20,000 people come to his shows every year. Mm. That's burning your material when you've got fans. Like, yeah, oh, who you know, came my, last year and my festival show new. this year, like, it'll, you know, say I sell out the 130 seats, 100 of those people might have seen me do five minutes somewhere. So I'm mm. not burning material. It's not like you're. Friggin' Chris Rock burning material, or Jerry Seinfeld did the same set for twenty years. Yeah, so worked out for him. I, the only reason, you know, I write new stuff purely because of, one, I want to get better, and two, I like doing it, and so I don't go friggin' mad. I'm yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, it gets to a certain point with my just because of my p performance when I lose the blood. Oh to yeah, the, to some the bit, jokes. Like it when just you, sort of. I do a couple of old, when I do sports clubs and that, where I do my old rugby league jokes and that, it's like, oh, fuck, I hate doing them. But they work, you know? Yeah. So you do them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you just, you keep on keeping on. I'm going to make a bit more of an effort to sell myself. And So where can people find you selling yourself? <laughs> Online. On a street corner. Um, oh, just, I think, I don't know, on Instagram. 
What's basically. Your oh, Woody Comedian, I think. Woody Comedian. I think <laughs> I it think is it Woody is. Comedian. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I don't try not to use Facebook too much or Twitter. I just look for the carnage of people arguing with each other. and But mostly Instagram seems to be the one these days, doesn't it? Yeah. I think I've got a TikTok one too, but I haven't started using it yet. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day and they, they'd had something go like, because I've put a couple of clips that I put on my Instagram. I just yeah. went, oh, okay, I'll put them on TikTok, see how they go. And it's just like, oh, I don't know how this works. They're yeah. getting, you know, they get a few hundred views or whatever, get some likes. But then I was talking to another comedian and he's like, oh, yeah, I had just a thing. He, he told me what it was and it was basically just an A to B thought about something current in the news. He goes, yeah, it got 1.2 million. Yeah. I, like, I, I posted a thing a couple of weeks back of just me feeding homemade pizza to my cockatiels. Yeah. You know, they were just chewing on the crust. And I've never, ever written a joke, obviously, anywhere <laughs> near that good. It got tens of thousands. It just went. And I'm like, holy shit, just watching it happen in real time. And I'm just like – and then I, I thought, right, so the week later I got one of the – the birds eating Doritos. No. A thousand views. No, it's just <laughs> people you like don't try and work out that algorithm. You just got, <laughs> and that's again, that's that fast rise rather than just gradually building towards something. So, yeah. you know, there's a lesson in that too, isn't there? Oh, 100%. Well, and don't crave. <laughs> well, that's, I think too, yeah, you can't chase the audience nah, too hard. God you end may. up. Well, you end up in that position where no you're not one has doing a right. It's not even wanting to be famous. No one's got a right to be famous. I just want to be able to earn just probably a little 20 to 30% more and then I'd, you know, that's that's all I need to be able to sustain everything I do and with the family because, you know, that's that's basically it. But other than that, look, there's just as many good comedians that no one's ever heard of as yeah. there is ones that, you know, you see. But mind you, you... I wouldn't want to be famous anyway. You see the shit Dave Hughes has to put up with, the online abuse, <laughs> e-cops and whatever. Jesus Christ. It's constant. Oh, yeah. 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 It's uh, it is, it's it's that double-edged sort of, yeah, you can sell the tickets and you can, you know. Yeah, and that's all you really – once you're on stage, you don't care. You just want to be enjoying yourself. That's all. Well, that's you the thing. Know? If I can get to a point where I'm just selling enough tickets. Yeah. That's all that's, I want. That's yeah. the dream. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like you said, it doesn't, it's it. actually not even that, um, you know, you don't have to be that rich. Or no, and it's, it's not, it's actually nothing. To, some people, of, and we see a lot of them, and it's very obvious that they're just fame whores, you know, and they're, mm. they're just, it's like ambitious, but blind ambition, you know, it's purely they just, and I, I don't want, I mean, it's nice to get the attention on stage, people laugh at your jokes, brilliant, and that's job done, but I don't need them to think, I'm a great person or want to be my friend or I yeah. always talk to anyone who wants to chat after a show, but I'm just there. I just want to say stuff, you know, it's about yeah. the only thing I'm any good at. So, <laughs> Well, you're you very know. good at it. <laughs> <laughs> trying, um, mate, trying. Mate, the other one I get, I don't get, is the, the people that, you know, when they get their break, then it's just like the, the these people that want to have the seven jobs instead of... Oh, having, yeah, yeah. Know, I mean, things we really talk, well. Luke Eggy and I talk about this all the time. He's like, the respect for stand-up, which is the most difficult of all the comedic arts probably, and the purest form of it, is probably the least respected. Mm. You know, like like almost you get a reward if you're good at stand-up and you, <laughs> you don't have to do stand-up anymore. It's like, fucking what? Yeah. You know, like I've sort of, I've had a few ideas lately actually about a way to just promote 
stand up from anyone, you know, like whether on an app or so. I know in America they do it um, where they've got a radio station with comedians, you know, so you can listen to maybe five minutes of someone, ten minutes of someone. Because there's no way for people – obviously, most people don't go to stand-up. No. So I'm trying to think of, you know, perhaps an audio way of, you know, you can send me something that you've recorded and put that on for – you know, whether it's a podcast sense or something like that. Because there's, there's got to be a way to get beyond the Melbourne or Sydney galas that people watch on TV once a year and a few people on YouTube. But everyone's just walking around listening to stuff all the time. So I'm trying to think of a – a way to maybe promote stand-up from people from open mic through to, you know, semi-pro to professional. Because it is, well, it's a bit of a shame, you know? It is, and but that's, I often think, like, you know, you, you have a good night of comedy. Like, well, we're actually doing tonight, we're doing that gig you did at the Oaks at that little Oh, pub. yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. And just, it, it's so, like, if you could bottle that. Absolutely. And let people well, know how good I, it can oh, yeah, be. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that off air because I've yeah. got a couple of ideas that, you know, might be a good way to promote stand-up beyond the 10 people we see on TV all the time, you know. Beautiful. Mm. Well, mate, thank you very much for doing this. Just Thanks uh, for having me, Barney. Woody good comedian. to see you, mate. And what was that date again for your show? Uh, Friday, 12 May. Friday, 12th of May. Tickets at Sydney Comedy Festival. I've got a... Annie Boyle opening for me. Oh, man. I love her nice. stuff. She's yeah, real good. she's great. Good, good kid. Yep. Um, so I thought that'd be a nice idea. You just want to have fun, mate. That's all I ever want to do when I'm doing my own <laughs> mate, show. You know, that'll so, be uh, yeah. that'll be a cracking show. So go go along to that um, if you're in and around Sydney on that date. Other than that, mate, thanks for thank doing you, this. mate. Cheers. Good on you.